What AFC post-hype sleeper running back is in for a huge 2023? What NFC runner is being underdrafted by FFPC main event players right now? And what AFC South receiver is in for a big-time bounce back in the Fantasy Pros Championship? Uh, plus, first-time FFPC main event players uh, and pros versus Joe's competitors, Jeff and Alan Eidelman, are going to drop by to talk about the step they're making from their home and office and friends leagues to winning a million dollars, potentially, in the FFPC main event, as well as how they tried to take out the pros in their FFPC pros versus Joe's draft this past Monday. And much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Uh, greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. Yeah, that's right. That's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about that crazy, wild 49ers quarterback situation that's going on over in the left coast and how you can maybe capitalize on that in your FFPC main event, Fantasy Pros, and Best Ball tournaments uh, right now. So we'll discuss that. We'll also get into a little bit of Sam Laporta. We'll talk about uh, Tajay Spears and much more on the show. Plus, a couple of first-time FFPC main event competitors are going to drop by. They're in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge. They drafted this past Monday night, and we're going to pick their draft apart with a little help from them. It's Jeff and Alan Eidelman. Uh, who are participating not only in the main event for the first time this year, but in PBJ for the first time. Uh, they're going to drop by in about, ooh, I'd say about 13 minutes here on the program. Don't forget that you can win a $1 million grand prize in the FFPC main event. Slow drafts are going off right now at myffpc.com, as well as slow and live drafts going off in the Fantasy Pros Championship. That is going on at myffpc.com. Only a $350 entry fee. And you turn that into a million bucks. Where else can you do that? Not very often and not very many places can you do that this year. So make sure you're doing that. And dynasty players, make sure you can play. Uh, if you want to play 365 days a year fantasy football, you can do that at myffpc.com. Dynasty League starting at $100 going all the way up to a $5,000 entry fee. We've had... 1,400 plus leagues over the last decade plus, not a single one has ever folded. So if you want to play Dynasty, the FFPC is where you want to go at it. Remember to like, subscribe, comment on this video, share, and get notified every time we go live here on the Fantasy Football Players Championship YouTube. Let's bring in our uh, guest co-host tonight. Not guest co-host. He's the normal co-host of the program. You can check out all his leagues at kffsc.com, including a KFFSC slow main event that is almost ready to fill. Join it now, kffsc.com. Farrell Elliott, welcome to the broadcast tonight. Uh, so glad to be spending hey. this last Friday of July with you. Holy cow, we're, you know, 
I, I would normally say drafting season is sneaking up on us, but we've been doing this since January, and we are in the thick of it right now, man. You misspoke my introduction. Again, I'm going to have to talk to my agent. You know, I think we had a teaser poster. I think you and Terp would be on the poster, and I did. My name would be down in the corner. I just said, no, Balky. It so wouldn't. Good. It would not be down there. It is so. Yeah, I know my name wouldn't be. <laughs> it is so cool to see you tonight. How are you doing, my friend? Well, you know, it's it's getting to be that time of year, um, and I'm not going to complain of how busy I am because I love what I do. I love the fact that I get to hang out yes. with you and all these FFPC players each and every Friday night, including the Pros versus Joe's drafts, which we did earlier this week. You can get those. On demand, FFPC YouTube, check those out, and we'll have more coming up next uh, this coming week. More on that on the program coming up. But yeah, Farrell, like this, this is why we do it. This is why we love it. Um, it. It's that time of year. Training camp is going on. Like we we are dialed in at this point. The the news is coming out every single day from thirty two different training camps around the NFL, and we're using it to our advantage. And hopefully tonight. We'll, we'll tell the viewers how they can kind of manipulate that information to make sure they are drafting million-dollar teams and not only the FFPC main event, but the Fantasy Pros Championship as well. There's only going to be one guy that wins the million dollars, but there's going to be a lot of guys that said they were close, and there's going to be there's going to be some guys that are going to have such a great time, they'll think they want a million dollars. So I think we're okay. We are okay. I think you're right. I think, we're, I think we're in really good shape for. And you know what struck me after uh, pros versus shows as we continue through it, the smartest thing that an FFPC drafter can do is uh, get in business uh, with uh, Armand Armani and the uh, Fantasy Mojo. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. I, he does such a wonderful job of putting that together, and and even with his information, you've still got some great head scratchers. But at least you can decide for yourself the right value to put on these players. I I totally agree. Uh, Darren Armani, the Godfather, not only the FFPC Pros versus Joes, which. He's helped us put on for, I don't know, the last decade plus. But check out FantasyMojo.com. That's his website. You can follow him on Twitter at FantasyMojo. If you are playing in the FFPC, it is worth its weight in gold as far as subscription goes with all the ADP, the draft boards, everything you get at FantasyMojo.com. Check it out today. Sports Illustrated's John Shipley has reported that Travis Etienne, quote, has caught nearly everything thrown his way thus far in camp, end quote. Jaguars drafted Travis Etienne in 2020. Um, uh, no, it was, uh, I take that back. It was the end of the first round in 2020 where they took Trevor Lawrence, uh, with the first pick and then they got Travis Etienne later. Now they did take a day two pick in tank Bigsby this year, which I think a lot of people are like worried about, well, how much workload is Travis Etienne going to get this year? But I think that's, you know, those concerns are, are neutered a little bit because ETN, if he's going to be catching all these passes, it, it makes him super valuable. And, and when you look at where he's going again at fantasymojo.com, he is going at running back 15. Farrell, you can get him in the mid-fourth round right now. Not to sound like Terp, who will be with us on Monday night on this on this very program, but, man, I'm all over Travis Etienne in the mid-fourth right now. I try to sound like Terp all the time because if things are working for Terp, that's, that's all I get. Um, well, I like the way that – I really did like the way that that reporter uh, – it, you know, there's some very good writing. Comes with an uncomfortable amount of downside at ADP on the RB1-2 borderline, but the upside is genuine. And I, I like what he's saying there because that means he can't make his mind up either. <laughs> it, you know, we've got a player here who's 24 years old, 
we would expect him to catch a lot of balls. Last year, he didn't catch a lot of balls. We would expect him to be targeted. Why don't they throw the ball to this guy? He's catching everything in sight here in camp in 2023. Maybe that's something they're going to correct. But last year, um, not even averaging three uh, targets a game. So you would think there would be more. Then we add this this wonderful receiver, Ridley, uh, coming back to the group. The tight end acquisition worked. I thought it wouldn't. I think I understood that player, uh, uh, Ingram, not to be the kind of player that he is. There's so many things that are going on down there with these receivers, and this looks like a very powerful team. They're constructed uh, to play into this franchise quarterback. So to answer your question about Travis, uh, at the end, we, we, we got a team full of reliable, hardworking, high-character players, of which he is one. And when they're winning, targets, touches, all of that goes beside the board. And we as fantasy players are left to wonder how much is he going to get. And it's not Tanks Bigsby, but it's all these other players in this offense and what this team wants to do. Last year they gave him 220 carries. Mm -hmm. The carries are going to be there. The team is going to be successful in the red zone. I would expect him to get more of the touchdowns than he got last year. I think it was four. Are they going to throw the ball to him? Is he going to be targeted a great deal? I don't know. There was a game against Tennessee uh, last year that they lost that he never could get untracked for rushing. I think it was somewhere around 30 yards. And so you would think, well, in those down and distance situations, let's get Travis the ball. Zero targets. And we can't afford that with a running back of uh, this high standard to guys that are picking wide receivers and taking him in the fourth round. So there's my thoughts on Travis Etienne. And, and, you know, the jury is still out, and it is more risk from a fantasy perspective than some of us may be willing to take. 35 catches on the season last year. Travis Etienne to Farrell's point on that December 11th game in Tennessee, 17 carries, 32 yards. That's just 1.9 yards per carry. He got in the end zone combined five times, rushing and receiving. No receiving touchdowns. All his touchdowns were rushing last year. So that's where we stand on Travis Etienne as far as Farrell goes and as far as where I go. Now, where do we stand on Alexander Madison? That is a different discussion, especially after Wes Phillips, the Vikings offensive coordinator, stated this week that he said he's comfortable with Madison, not only on first and second down, but on third down as well. Quote from Phillips. I think he's proven it over his career when he's gotten opportunities and he's been very productive. The consistency of who he is every day, what he's put on tape, every opportunity he's gotten, his multifaceted run game, pass protection, and then his hands in the pass game, his route running ability. I think we're going to see a lot of good things and maybe people didn't realize how good a player Alex Madison really is. Now, the Minneapolis uh, Star Tribune, which had this quote from Wes Phillips, also cited like, look, you got to worry about, you know, as far as if you're going to draft Vikings running backs, especially Madison, Ty Chandler's still there, Kenny Aguangu, uh, Dwayne McBride, they drafted this year as well. It, it's it's going to be um, a cavalcade of, of talented rushers that are going to be touching the ball out of the backfield. Alexander Madison right now, Farrell, as far as uh, the mojo goes in the Fantasy Pros Championship over the last three days, running back 21 at the end of the fifth round. Now, when you consider that he is going in the Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins uh, territory there, is Madison being underdrafted? Can you make a case for him be going higher after these last comments from his offensive coordinator? Or is he belonging where he is drafted? Does he belong where he is being drafted right now in that glut at the 5-6 turn? How many of the coaches are new in Minnesota, Balky? Like, I, I, like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you who the – 
OC was there last year. That I don't, I don't know. So I don't know how many are new. Okay, I, and I, I don't either. That's something I wanted. This player, this player will drive you crazy more than the Etienne thing. If you say, hey, Madison can do it, given the chance, you're right. Go back to 2021 and look what he did against the Detroits. If you look at his average per uh, per rush, it's pretty damn uh, pedestrian. He's mm-hmm. like a three five per carry. However, when you look at the chances, when, when you look at the numbers, when he had chances, like again against the Detroit's, he seemed to beat them up in twenty twenty one. He was very very successful. So you say, okay, this guy gets the rock and he does better. And you would think that the team last year would say, let's let him play a little bit. Last year. He was a mystery. He was buried on that bench. He wasn't given opportunities. That's what makes me think that the other guys get their share of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, 39 catches in 2021, hardly caught a thing last year. Hardly did anything last year. Didn't get double-digit carries into a game until the end of the season. Um, I I really want to see some comment as to, hey, this is a feature part of our offense. Because, yes, he does some nice things. I don't know if that translates to fantasy football success. And, you know, I, I don't know what to think about those running backs going in his area. But, but you know, the running backs and the way we're talking about things makes me think that uh, I want a green sticker in the first two rounds. I don't, you know, because some some of these choices that you have to make four, five, and six, um, they they can, uh, yeah, be a lot of wishing, hoping, and praying there. According to Vikings.com, the new Vikings coaching staff this year, it's all on defense. New defensive assistant, new assistant inside linebackers coach, assistant special teams, assistant defensive line, assistant D-backs coach. As far as I can tell, all the offensive guys are back this year. However, Wes Phillips, the offensive coordinator, this is just his second year in charge of the offense there Mm -hmm. this year. That's what we're looking at with Alexander Madison. We got the Eidelman brothers coming up, Jeff and Alan Eidelman, in just a couple of minutes before we get to them. Let's talk about Odell Beckham. According to ESPN, report today uh, Odell Beckham has no quote real limitations in practice Odell Beckham actually said he doesn't know the percentages on how far he back he is how you know what his knee feels on a you know scale of zero to 100 percent he says he feels good he feels like he's going to get back to how he is and and who he knows he truly is now remember Beckham has not played since that Super Bowl you know not last year's Super Bowl the year before when he tore his ACL when the Rams won it. Now Beckham says that, the, and the Ravens have said, have corroborated that he's bulked up since uh, last month's minicamp. Obviously, Odell Beckham, there there is some upside here, Farrell, but when you consider all the other pass catchers in Baltimore, including but not limited to Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, I don't know how you feel about Beckham this year. He's wide receiver 53 at the 11.02. I can get on board with that. Um, you're talking, we say Baker boy, Joe Del Zanero, no such thing as a bad pick in the double digit rounds. He's going in the double digit rounds. I'm not saying I'm going to job, jump all over Beckham in the 11th round every single time, but if he's out there a couple of drafts, I'm going to pick him up just to see what I have in him. Your thoughts on Beckham. You gave a lot of good names, but none of them are what this player can do. It's, it's incredible athletes. You love the athlete and you might love the maturity that's come. You take something away from a guy. And he realizes how much he loves it and how much he misses it. He may come to this game in a much different way than he's ever approached it before, I would hope. Now, what you what you link up with him and um, 
forgive me if, if, if I've done this before with talking about Lamar Jackson, everybody wants to talk about what Lamar Jackson can do with his feet. I want to talk about what he does with his arm, throwing the ball downfield. He scrambles so much and he's got such a strong arm that finally the defensive backs lose their coverage. They lose their leverage. They get it. They, they get beat by old pros like Beckham who can adjust to Lamar's movements. And Lamar has, great accuracy, even when he's throwing the ball on the move down the field. And this player will be open down the field. Big plays from this player, big touchdowns, big catches. Lamar Jackson, um, one of the most accurate players in the league on the deep ball, might be the most accurate uh, when when he has an opportunity to throw it. He'll have an opportunity to throw it to Beckham. And um, he Beckham improves all the aspect of the receivers, most notably – uh, Zay Flowers, who is who's the guy that I'm targeting on this team. But Beckham in the 11th round, as they say over in the pros versus Joes, and as Terp says so often, could be a league winner. He could be a league winner, for sure. And, and to your point about Flowers, he has separated himself from those other two Ravens wideouts there. You know, it wasn't too long ago that these guys were all bunched up in that 11th, 12th round, and now Zay Flowers has moved up to a late ninth round pick. Bateman is an early 10th round pick. Beckham is now an early 11th round pick. So people are definitely coming in on Zay Flowers right now. Are they also coming in on a certain San Francisco 49ers quarterback? I'm going to tell you right now, Brock Purdy apparently no longer requires scheduled off days, uh, or he will not require scheduled off days within the next two weeks. At least that's what the 49ers hope, according to ESPN's Nick Wagner, who covers the San Francisco professional football team. Uh, For the four-letter network, Purdy is resting every third day right now. The Niners are saying that the velocity on his balls has already returned to what it was before he hurt his elbow. And it seems like his recovery has gone really good. And you would think that if everything keeps going the way it's going, and we have no reason to believe it's not going to be, Purdy is going to be under center week one against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Farrell, quarterback 22 right now at the 1804. How far do you expect him to spike up in ADP value when this news becomes more popular amongst the FFPC and Fantasy Pros players? When they're gunning for a million bucks, where does Purdy go? He won't for two reasons, because he reminds players of very functional quarterbacks, even though he's much better than that. He reminds <laughs> he reminds players of... Uh, Car, uh, when he should remind players of Breeze. Uh, that's that's just my kind of example. Um, I think he is surrounded by such excellent talent, but he's also has talent at the quarterback position in Trey Lance. And that there's so many guys that still believe in Trey Lance. Uh, if you get into their heart of hearts, they'll argue with you that uh, Trey Lance, the, the hook will come and Purdy will go to the sideline and Trey Lance will be on the field. And they're confusing fantasy football uh, for real football and real football decisions. I like Purdy very much as a player, and there's few players in the league that I'm looking forward to to see how much he continues to improve. I think he bounces back from this injury, and he does very, very well. And he's a steal where he's going in these drafts. It's just, it's, it's, it's a joke. And to get him in best ball where the guys were getting him the other night, kind of ridiculous. Purdy is going, as I said, in the 18th round quarterback 22. That's right behind Derek Carr and Jordan Love. It's right ahead of Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter, including number one overall pick this year, Bryce Young. Get them all you can 
I still think he's going to ascend a little bit. Maybe not as much as as maybe he should, but I think the value is Purdy right now as quarterback 22 in the 18th round. Mm -hmm. Let's bring in our guest tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. They participated in their first ever FFPC Pros versus Jeff, uh, Pros versus Joe's draft this past Monday night. Uh, they are first time competitors in the FFPC main event as they gun for a $1 million grand prize. Please welcome in the brother and brother team of Jeff and Alan Eidelman. Guys, welcome into the program. Thanks so much for hopping on tonight. Yeah. Thank you all for having us. We're really excited. It's I am really upset, Balky. If you're going to have had some guys like this on the show, you got to warn me. You know, I had <laughs> comb my hair or something. Goodness gracious. How you doing, I, fellas? Doing good. Doing good. How like are you? Hanging out with Clooney and Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> what does that make us? If, if it's all part of Ocean's Eleven. So, Pharaoh, you're probably, you're probably, would you be Carl Reiner? Yeah, you're Carl Reiner, and I'm no, like. No, I'd um, like to be Elliot Gould. He had less, yeah, Elliot, he had that's less better. Work. He that, laid in bed and got I'm paid. The that from Kelly, was from Casey Affleck right now. That's Casey Affleck if I've seen it. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> you definitely. got that. What? All hey, right. Know thy family. All right, Balky, I'll shut up. All right, so you got you got Elliot Gould. I have the Casey Affleck uh, Oscar. Um, he was the Oscar winner, right? When he was in that whatever yeah. movie that was a few years ago. He yeah, had the, the coward Ford. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Casey Affleck and uh, and Elliot Gould being joined by George Clooney and, and Brad Pitt only on the high stakes fantasy football. And still, hour, Kevin Williams is the only one. Uh, Kevin Williams is the only one watching the shows. <laughs> That's not true at all. He's the only one commenting. But we have more viewers. All right, because right, so let's get into this, Jeff. I'm, I'm going to pitch this first question to you. Um, can you tell us how you guys heard about the fantasy football players championship? how you got into it, and then sort of like how you made the lead to the main event and pros versus Joe's this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so probably five or six years ago, my brother and I, my brother reached out to me and he found this FFPC playoff challenge, right? So the playoff challenge that you all do, um, it was very interesting, right? Kind of, I'd consider my brother and I kind of, you know, lower stakes Joe's for sure. And so when we found the playoff challenge, we're like, you know, it's very unique. You got the tight end premium, you've got the unique teams and et cetera. And, uh, you know, we had our fantasy football you know, drafts that we were doing on the side, but nothing really for the playoffs. And so FFPC was a great, uh, you know, promotion and we, we came across it and we've been doing that, you know, five or six years and we finished, uh, you know, in the top 200 or whatever it was to, uh, to get an entry to the FFPC main event. And so we get, went ahead and did that, signed up pretty early and then got into the pros, got the pros versus Joe's email. I actually missed the first email and got lucky, got reminded. And uh, now we got to draft with pros and I know, you know, we listen to all the pros. And so it's very exciting to be in a draft with them. And it was a tough room. I mean, we'll talk about the draft, I'm sure, but it was not an easy room. And so that's how we kind of got into FFPC. And it was a really fun time. So we're excited to be in the main event. We're excited to be in pros versus Joe's. That's fantastic, guys. Where are you guys from? Both of us were born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri, right down the road. So Did you go Rains to the Battlehawks game this year? What's that? Did you go to the Battlehawks game this year? Neither of us are actually based in St. Louis anymore. Oh, um, they kind of left when the Rams left, I guess you could say. So, it's a yeah. wonderful city, Balky, but it exports the talent. You know. <laughs> so where are you guys? Where are you guys residing now? Yeah, I'm living in Austin, Texas. Um, that's so a good that's, place to be. That's where I'm at. I'm in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Excellent. And what is the age difference? All right, so, one of us is 28. One of us is 25. 
I got you guys, three you guys, years. That's the same difference between Balky and I. You guys, All right, guess, look. You guys guess um, which one's the older brother. This one oh, you're the older brother. brother. <laughs> That'd be my guess as well, Alan. I would assume you're the 28-year-old. All right. We'll take it. That's is that right. accurate? That's, That's right. Right. That is accurate. Okay. Most people it was get a it trick wrong. question. You could most, you could see understand the trick question. Yeah. Most people get it wrong, but yeah. Well, I, I, well, here's the thing. Like I like Farrell, Are you the older brother in your family? Uh, yes. And, and I am too. I'm older so, than everyone in the family. Well, that's the thing. Like, listen, man. I I'm I'm the oldest of three kids. I can sniff out the the oldest uh, whenever I I'm presented with the opportunity as that's well. An easy question then for y'all. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say easy. I mean, I still had I had to use my instincts on this. But no one cares about about what my instincts are for this, Farrell. They yeah, only care about the Eidelman instincts in the pros versus Joe's draft. Well, the Eidelman instinct in the pros versus Joe's when they got the fourth spot, Balky, was not to pay attention to age. And mm -hmm. they went out to the Rams, and they ended up uh, with Cooper Cup. Was this a conscious decision? Was there somebody else you wanted? I think Cup available at the four position, I think that's pretty good, although I don't know if I would take him there. What were your thoughts? Was it a difficult decision? Yeah, I'll take this one. So I think coming into the draft, um, we were targeting Kelsey at four. Um, yeah. He went, at, he went four the night before maybe, um, the first one. And he went at two. And what we were thinking was maybe we could hog up the tight end position, take Kelsey at four, and then in the third round early, we take Hawkinson and kind of double up on tight end. Um, but our second option was, you know, to go with one of the three, what we think the three premier receivers are, which is Jefferson Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. So Cup was our fourth choice of the four. Um, CMC, you know, Running back is a fun topic, which we'll get into, you know, looking at our draft, you can kind of see, I, I just think it's kind of running back roulette in terms of injury. You know, if you look at kind of how the NFL works um, and you can find guys who can, you can play as RB twos, you know, in both slots, you know, late in the draft everywhere, it just depends on how the running back roulette injury wheel falls off. So kind of using that logic, we don't, I don't normally, personally like to take running backs at a you know premium draft slot if they fall on the board a little bit which you know we'll get on a, a different topic maybe the Saquon Barkley topic here um and the timing of our draft and kind of the news um but personally it's usually only fallers that we're looking to get from a running back perspective until to later at least from my perspective I don't know Jeff do you have any thoughts on on that topic no I think you said it I think um you know Cooper Cup specifically right when we look at what he was able to bring to the table just two years ago and i think alan you we were even talking about it the night of the draft right cooper cup he was on pace like he was going like for like with justin jefferson last year in terms of statistics until his injury right and so yeah there are a lot of question marks with the rams offense but ultimately when you look at the rams defense we can say it's gotten a lot worse i feel like you know which is better later, right for which cup. is which is ultimately better for throwing and getting back and um i i just like yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, he is the one target in Los Angeles, and th they should be throwing plenty. And I think we liked where he was in number four. And like, I, I like that thought process, guys, because you know what? When uh, when Higby had good games last year is when they were trailing terribly. And Cup wasn't playing, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So Cup would have been, been the guy. 
And and I, I think it's interesting, like you say, he's your, your fourth choice. But I think a lot of people, when you consider that the argument you just made, people would love to have him, you know, to, to get him as a consolation at the four, which is what you guys got him at last night. And based on what Alan just said, Jeff, I I, I think this this um, is worth mentioning here. You guys ended up going pretty receiver heavy early on, and it, it, is that was that you know as as Heath Ledger's Joker would say, was that all part of the plan? Uh, to go with receivers early, given your 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 proclivity to not take running backs early, because you ended up getting not only Cup but Devontae Smith, T. Higgins. You also got Amari Cooper uh, in the fourth round as well. Jeff, tell us a little bit about not only your first round pick plan, but when you talked about your other picks in the first few rounds, was it a wide receiver heavy build that you guys were planning? Yeah, I don't think it was what we were planning necessarily. And as as Heath Ledger said in in The Dark Knight, you know. Um, it's about sending a message. All right. Mm -hmm. And so the message is play the board. All right. Yes. And so the message is play the board. And that's what we did. Um, ultimately, we saw Devontae Smith right there. Um, high volume guy. Again, you know, he's got AJ Brown opposite him, but the statistics he put up last year were really great. Um, and I think they'll follow up again. T Higgins, also someone we were even looking at there at the, in the round two. I mean, again, we were looking at the running backs, right? Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, Jamar Gibbs. And then the big question mark of Saquon Barkley and his contract, when we were drafting, we had no idea, right? He was holding out, same scenario as Jacobs. And so we didn't want to take those chances. And we saw two receivers that we absolutely loved. And then on the come around, right, we grabbed Cooper as well. And so ultimately, like I said, I mean, I'm harping on a message, but we played the board and and those wide receivers, we were very high on all of them. Um, they've all got, I mean, it's a great wide receiver room that we were able to build. And ultimately it's running back roulette. And that's kind of the way that it played out that, uh, you know, we, we're going to be looking at running backs later and hoping that we hit on a couple and get lucky. That's ultimately how it is. And, you know, it, like I said, it was also a very tough room, right? And so I think we're shooting for the top. We're playing for first place in pros versus mm -hmm. shows. That's the only way to win. And so we hope mm -hmm. that – we think that we built something for that. It's not that tough a room. You had six pros in it. Um, <laughs> the um, um, All right, guys. When when we were at the uh, – Balky was talking about um, – when Beckham got injured in the Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Okay. And at that Super Bowl, we had a gentleman. We have a Super Bowl party here in Kentucky every uh, every February because Kentucky in February is where people want to be. So we had this fantastic Super Bowl party and draft. And if you guys recall, when, when the Bengals ran out of gas, uh, it was a fourth down and Samaji P. Ryan was on the field and not mixing. And Samaji P. Ryan, we had we had a gentleman there that just bleeds Cincinnati Tiger blood. It's just it, uh, bingo. It's just, and he just couldn't believe that Samaji P. Ryan. And I tried to placate him by telling him I thought that Samaji P. Ryan's a hell of a player. With the news that we're getting out of Denver, a team that yeah, I mean look what they did in free agency. They went out and built up that offensive line. You gotta love their coach and what he's coming in there and doing, and they they want to run the ball. But with the news that you're getting, that Javante Williams is going to be satisfactorily healed to play the position, if you had to do it all over again, would he be your first running back coming off the board in the eighth round? I think it's roulette, right? So I think, um, you know, that offense has two, what we think are 1A, 1B. And honestly, we like Javante more. Uh, not going to lie. We would have loved to take Javante, but I think he got, he got taken um, pretty early compared to what his ADP was, at least in the FFPC, FFPC uh, system. I think he was on the opposite side of the board, like 12 picks before we got P Ryan. 
Um, definitely someone that I've been pretty heavy on in some of my other best ball drafts um, before the news came out. Now that the news is out and he's going up the board, I probably won't take much at, at the new draft capital that it's going to take to get someone like him. Mm-hmm. Um, that offense, Sean Payton, he's going to use both guys, right? He's going to use them both. Maybe Ingram Bush is what we're hearing or Ingram uh, Camaro, you know, those, those combos, right? So um, I, it's just a name, right? In a two-headed backfield. And if you look at the running backs we started with, P. Ryan, A.J. Dillon, Brian Robinson, Jalen Warren, similar trends. Two-man backfields, 1A, 1B. We got the B on those. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is either A to go down or B to play better than A. Mm-hmm. And now you got RB2s or RB1s, you know, with our first four running backs. So that's kind of the mindset for the first running backs, given that it took us eight rounds to start touching that position. I will. And uh, now, where are you, are you guys coming to Planet Hollywood? No, we're doing the online draft, right, Jeff? Well, no, hell, you got to come to Planet Hollywood. <laughs> well, there's spots. Yeah. Are they, there's spots available. They can they can still add another you one. Guys, out yeah, want, yeah, consider coming to Planet Hollywood. We need we need we need sharp young guys like you in the room, don't we, Balky? Uh, we absolutely do. And and speaking of sharp guys, I, Alan was right when he was talking about Javante Williams. He actually went on the other side of the board, seven eleven uh, to Nelson Verbit, the FFPC pro from Dynasty Depot, who's been on this show before. Javante Williams, that's where he went. Uh, at that spot. Now, uh, I let let's keep this conversation going here, um, uh, Alan. I'm I and by conversation I mean Dark Knight uh, references. I'm going to do another one here. Playing the board, so, yeah, because because that's what you're going to have to look at when you contextualize the draft. It's not right. it's not a why did we do this way? What is the plan? It's at the moment, what are our choices and why do we make them? It's kind you of guys, crazy. you guys are a, you're agents of chaos, right? You're <laughs> yes. absolute agents of chaos. Everything so, no. That that's not where I was. That's another Dark Knight reference, but I'm gonna go with another one here. So outside of Scott Key Cohen, who went with the two quarterbacks in in the second and third round, you guys were the first team or second team, I should say, behind Key Cohen to back up your quarterback. And one could say that you had aggressive expansion at your quarterback position here. Justin Fields in the fifth round, and then you doubled down. Deshaun Watson is your second quarterback you drafted in the seventh round. As I said, you pointed out, or as I pointed out. Uh, you guys are the second team here to double up on quarterbacks. I, I'm kind of curious, and, and Alan, I'll throw this to you. Why do you think it was important for you guys to get Watson there? Because at that point, not only had you not had any running backs yet, which you alluded to earlier, but you didn't have any tight ends yet as well. Yep. So great question. So again, I got the board up in front of me. So, you know, that provides some, some context. Um, so in the, we took fields, we wanted Justin Herbert. That's who we really wanted. And Herbert went the pick before Fields. And mm-hmm. at that point, we didn't like Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, Madison. None of those, you know, feel like they have one alpha. I mean, Madison maybe could be a one alpha, but we haven't seen it yet. So we're not going to buy him at ADP or above ADP. So at that point, we're, you know, it made sense. We were hoping to get Herbert. He went right before us. But we'll take Fields. We'll take the, 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 the floor with the running upside. You know, I, I honestly hope his passing doesn't get better selfishly because I think the fantasy upsides on his with his legs. Um, and then, you know, at that point, we're like, OK, we're pretty good at receiver. We're good at quarterback. And when you get to the, the sixth round of our draft, um, we were looking at the teams behind us and they had um, some of them had taken some running backs already. So we were hoping that there was there's five running backs kind of taken. Pierce, Miles Sanders, Rashad White, David Montgomery. We would have been happy with any of those four. 
And so what we decided to do, instead of taking one of those running backs in the sixth round, we took a guy, Michael Pittman, who we felt like was falling in the draft, thinking that we were going to land one of those four running backs that I just mentioned, Pierce, Sanders, White, Montgomery. Well, five of them go out of six possible slots. Uh, Camaro, we're, we're not as high on, so we probably wouldn't have taken him. And then we're like, well, at that point, do we go with a six receiver or what's our options? And, you know, looking at the guys, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, Javante Cook, Javante Williams, James Cook, or we can lock in the quarterback position. We can take a guy who was at ADP running upside two. We have Amari Cooper. We can stack him up, even though, you know, in this format, you don't necessarily need to stack because you only need to beat 12 people. You don't need to beat thousands of people. So that's kind of what landed us in the decision. But we, when we took Pittman, we were banking on one of those four running backs to be there. Wasn't the case. And so we decided at that point, the best choice was to lock in our quarterback position and go ham at running back and tight end pretty much the rest of the way. God, this is fantastic. You know what I was thinking the whole time you were saying that, Alan? Well, not the whole time, but I said, I would buy a timeshare from this man in South Florida. I really would. You could sell me on anything, sir. And I think, but now you've got to sell me on these tight ends. You know, you guys, you guys do much with horse racing? No. You pay, I, I don't either. Since 2017, when Always Dreaming won the Derby and I retired and went off. You know, <laughs> but nevertheless, that's a whole other story. Now, but one of the things they do in horse racing is the captions, the synopsis of the race. You know, they will describe the effort by the winning horse, and then they'll come to the lesser horses that didn't run so well. And they have a term for them that when you can't really say anything about them, it's called also ran. And I, I just love that. It tells me everything I want to know. Now, all your tight ends, Irv Smith, Dawson Knox, Isaiah Likely, Noah Gray. It's, it's kind of clever. But I would see them at also rans. Who do you think is going to be your point scorer in this group? And why am I wrong? Because I'm willing to learn that I am wrong. Jeff, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, so ultimately, our point scorers, at least what we're hoping for in the first half of the season, right, is we're hoping for Irv Smith and Dawson Knox to, to put up some touchdowns. Ultimately, mm-hmm. what we were looking at at the tight end position, obviously, you know, we're looking in the 12th round is when we started to kind of see around ADP exactly what we were looking for. And with both Irv Smith and Dawson Knox, we have elite QBs throwing to them. So that's mm-hmm. really high upside for us, right? We've got you know, there's a lot, plenty of weapons in Buffalo, plenty of weapons in Cincinnati, sure, but TE1 on both of those will be hopefully Irv Smith and Dawson Knox. Obviously, you know, they've got Dalton Kincaid. I'm not really sure how that's going to look. He's going to be a receiver. Play. He's going to be a receiver. Knox is still going to be playing 60, 70% of the snaps. Exactly. They, well, they, got, they don't have another receiver other than Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis is like a, you know, second. So they're both going to be on the field at the same time. So Knox, is, Knox is going too late in every everywhere. And I think he fell in our board too. Uh, Gusecki went before him, who's splitting time with Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. And I like Gusecki, don't get me wrong. Cole Komet, um, he had like seven touchdowns last year. He's not going to score seven touchdowns again this year. So, um, you know, I, I really think Knox is a value. And then, Jeff, you can hit on the, the last two guys. Well, yeah. And, Jeff, before you go, I, I want to double down on the point that you made with the elite quarterbacks throwing to him. You can make the case that all four of these tight ends that you drafted are all catching passes from elite quarterbacks. Yeah. You have you mentioned Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Isaiah likely gets Lamar Jackson, and Noah Gray gets Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't know if that factored into your decision to draft all those guys, but you can't do much better than the guys throwing the ball to them than the four tight ends you drafted. 
on that point, go look at our receivers. Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Not reaching. We didn't reach for him. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow at the time. We'll see what the injury looks like, right? I think you'll be okay there. I Amari think Cooper. Deshaun right? Watson. Michael Pittman, who It's my favorite pick you know, of your entire I, I heard Farrell talking about this the other yeah. day. You know, Farrell's a Pittman fan. Yeah, yeah. If it's Pittman, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's Minshew, great, even better than Richardson. And who knows? Maybe Richardson can can help Pittman's production even even better right mm-hmm. and Cooper Cup right you know got the Stafford question mark but if he's healthy like we know what Cup can do with, with in that offense so again you look at all our receivers and tight ends it's the same kind of concept who are the quarterbacks throwing to him and I guess Jeff talk about likely and Noah Gray because we also yeah. think there's there's a lot of opportunity from ceiling perspective for both of these players yeah ultimately with Isaiah likely right I think there's I'm really high on him I think my brothers you know I'm sure a lot of people in the public are as well I think you know, with Monken, we're really excited to see what that Baltimore offense looks like, right? They're talking about throwing it deep. They're going to spread it out. And likely as a rookie coming out last year, they were talking about, you know, his route running abilities he can catch. Um, and so ultimately, yeah, likely and Gray are both behind elite tight ends. Sure. But again, this is the NFL. It's a hard hitting league. And these are ultimately flyers, right? And if we just get a little bit lucky or likely is heavily involved in the Ravens offense, you know, then we've picked up, you know, hopefully some points and some targets, right? Um, ultimately, yeah, it's looking at the quarterback who's throwing to him. And- if, if Kelsey goes down, which you don't want to bet on, right, mm-hmm. but you get, you know, cost round 20 for a guy who would go in the seventh round. If, if Kelsey – if someone said Kelsey's out the whole year tomorrow, where's Noah Gray going in this draft, hypothetically? Oh, much higher than much much higher than the it's, what did he get? He got him in the, the same thing as handcuffing rounds. running backs. We handcuff yeah. running backs in round seventeen and eighteen all the time. Why don't we handcuff tight ends? Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base here. That was the logic, basically. Yep. And and, and Alan, I don't think you're off base. I mean, I like I think likely is the perfect example of of the tight end handcuff. I mean, because we saw we he's already done it right. Like he's already done it when Andrews was out and, and he showed us what he can be and you guys get him there. And Oh, by the way, the other receiver you guys drafted in the 19th round, Justin Ross, who not only was recently running with the ones, but he's got a future hall of famer thrown to him again. In, That's uh, a, that, at that point with Ross, we have five elite receivers. The odds that someone we get is going to outscore one of our five elite receivers. If they're healthy is small. Let's go. Let's take a shot on a guy who could not even make the team. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. Or, Let's take a shot on a guy who could be their wide receiver one or two and have a few spike weeks that beat our, our top five receivers. So, it, you know, it's, it's a matter of thinking about how have you built your team. If your team's right, right, we have a shot. So if we get our five receivers right, right, okay, our sixth receiver, we need him to outscore our top five. Let's take a shot on a guy like Ross. Why not? And Ross is one of those rare guys, those rare receivers the last couple of rounds that not only could be a spike week guy, but – you know, given the Kansas City receivers there right now, I mean, you never know. He could be more than a spike week guy or he could, there. Or he could get cut and do nothing for He us. could get like, cut, and, that, and that's fine. But you're also talking about a, a 19th-round pick here as well, uh, for sure, exactly. Alan. Good point. Um, Jeff, let, let's get back to the running backs here. Um, Jeff Wilson, uh, out of the Miami Dolphins, was your 15th-round pick. Do you think FFPC players are letting these Dolphins running backs, specifically Wilson here in this case, slide too far because they're under the – or at least they have been under the assumption that Dalvin Cook has a strong possibility of joining the Dolphins? I got to believe with all the smoke that's going on in New York right now about him potentially joining the Jets, maybe we'll see these Dolphins running backs go up. But, man, I like this pick for you guys in the 15th round of Wilson. No, I think you're spot on there. I was also reading the news about um, 
Cook and visiting the Jets, et cetera. And I think that we'll definitely see ADP across FPC. I mean, both for Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, right? I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, McDaniels comes from that Shanahan tree from running back by committee-esque type, uh, you know, schemes. And ultimately with Jeff Wilson, I think Mostert went in the round before Jeff Wilson. And so I think we would have been happy with either of those two running backs and Jeff Wilson fell to us. And I do think he's a little bit undervalued. I do think Raheem Mostert's a little bit undervalued as well. And if we do see Cook go to the Jets or even, you know, outside shot Buffalo with, uh, with that running back going down up there, you know, you never really know where, where these free agents are going to land. And um, I do think Jeff Wilson, both Raheem Mostert are a little bit undervalued in, in Miami yeah. and, and high they powered paid, offense. They paid both of them. They paid Mostert and Wilson this off season. So yeah, they took a chain in round whatever they took him. Right. But I think both of them have injury problems historically uh, Wilson and Mostert. So that's why they invested the draft capital. I think the whole cook Miami thing's been a little overblown and, I think McDaniel's going to be using Wilson and Mostert a bunch, especially around the goal line, which is where in this type of build that we need, we need touchdowns from running backs because yeah. uh, we don't have the, you know, on, on the surface, the super, you know, 20 touch guys right right now until injuries happen. And hopefully, you know, they, they shoot us to the top. That's where I really thought you guys uh, shined a lot in this draft. I wish you had both of them, but um, yeah. You know, the coaching staff here is loyal to the people they had, and they want to win with the people. They want to win it with their people. Uh, some coaches go to camp and they say, let's look at our roster and see what we have. Some coaches go to camp and say, I told you so. These are my guys, and this is who we're going to go This with. is that exactly that, Farrell. And, yeah. and, and you guys draft just like that. These are my guys. Who's your favorite guy? I've already said. I've already said Pittman and Wilson, so you, you can't have those favorite guys because they're my favorite guys. So who are your favorite guys in this draft? Alan, you can go first. Yeah. Um, I like Jalen Warren. That's go that's ahead. my – and Jeff might give the same answer. Um, we're – and I, in terms of drafting, I don't think I have a single share of Najee Harris. I You know, best ball across different sites. Um, it, you know, I could get burned, right? But – in terms of talent, if you just watch the tape, you look at the advanced metrics, Warren just light years above Najee Harris, and there's going to be no excuses to keep him off the field. I also am lower on the Steelers in terms of their their opportunity this year um, just because the AFC is a gauntlet. So I'm hoping that gives Warren more opportunity later in the year. So definitely Jalen Warren, I think, is, is the guy. He reminds me of kind of a, I don't want to say it, but Tony Pollard in a sense that I can kind of see uh, Najee Harris, you know, Zeke comparison in a few years coming soon. Um, Jeff, what about you? Well, Jeff, hold hold that thought. I just to piggyback on Alan's um, point about Najee Harris. There, I I had the opportunity in a lot of leagues last year, especially in the KFFSC Farrell, um, to draft Najee Harris in the third round because that he was falling right. Like you could you, normally you he was going in like the second round and he was coming to me in the third and I was still passing him up. There's a couple of drafts that I I couldn't. I just like okay, I got to try Najee Harris a little bit here. And I'll tell you this: in all those leagues, I didn't draft Najee Harrison. I cannot remember regretting not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I cannot regret any Najee Harris FOMO yeah. from last year. And I think it continues this year to your point, Alan, Jeff, your thoughts on your favorite pick in your pros versus Joe's draft. Yeah. The favorite pick in mine, I think it's Amari Cooper. I mean, he's our wide receiver four right now, you know, flex spot. Um, Amari Cooper, I think with Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper is an elite wide receiver and we got him in the fourth round. Like he if fell. we're looking at. He fell an ADP in, in the, on the board, I think too. I think so as well. Um, I think Deshaun Watson 
especially if you look at what we hope the return to form will be, you know, from this 2019 years, um, Amari Cooper as a true number one receiver can beat man coverage. I think he's just an elite talent. And then we look at who's taken before him, like Christian Watson, you know, if we talk about players, I'm not as high on, that's probably one of them. Um, Debo, there's just so much talent in San Francisco, but with Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson's probably got a good relationship with him and is going to find his guy um, on a consistent basis. And so, even though he was the fourth receiver we took, I just absolutely love Amari Cooper. I've got a lot of stock in Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's ADP in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament normally is five, uh, 404, excuse me. Uh, you guys got him tonight, or uh, Monday night, beg your pardon, at the 409. So it's almost yeah. a half round worth of value there. So good job on you. And I'm kind of with you, Jeff, on, on the Watson thing. Like, I'm, I'm in Northeast Wisconsin here, um, and I, I'm as high on the Packers as anybody, but the disparity between Watson and Dobbs is something that has me targeting Dobbs a lot more than Christian Watson as far as how high you have to take him. Watson, uh, Watson a lot of his fantasy production was touchdown-based, right? Yep. And I'm not saying he can't regress from the other standpoint of volume, right? He had great yards per route run metrics. Everyone talks about all that, right? But we don't know what Jordan Love is, right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers? And let's say the touchdown cliff happens, right? There, that it's you know It's hard to sustain – such high touchdown rates, right? So I think Watson, you're kind of drafting him already at his ceiling. I, I don't – personally, some people might argue that point, and, I, you know, we'll wait and see how it plays out. But I, I personally think you're drafting him at his ceiling at current ADP. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that, Alan, too. I, I think Watson is being drafted – darn near as high as he is going to perform this year in the first year under Jordan Love, especially when we heard all these positive reports about Love and Dubs uh, as well. Let's uh, throw um, – I'm going to do a couple of emails that came in tonight. Jeff, I'm going to pitch this first one to you. It's from George in Greensboro, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and he writes, I thought your team is going to be very competitive in your pros versus Joe's league based on how it turned out. Do you guys feel the same way? That's George in Greensboro, North Carolina. Thank you for watching. Thank you for emailing, George. We appreciate it. Um, and, and Jeff, I think this is an interesting question. Like we can break down all the players and the team construction. And, and obviously you guys might feel a certain way at a certain point of the draft, but all that matters is how you feel after the draft. Uh, when you looked at this squad, you looked at the rest of the league, Jeff, how do you got, how well do you guys think you did in your first foray into the FFPC pros versus Joe's? No, it's a great question. Um, my brother and I, we talked immediately after the draft, a little post-mortem on it. And we're looking specifically right around six and seven when we took Pittman and Watson, when we doubled up on QB. And, you know, there's it's you can always kind of second guess your decisions. But ultimately, I'm, I think I'm very happy with our draft. I do think we're in a great position, right? We've got a lot of high-end ceiling guys, you know, the guys that we drafted in our first six, seven, eight rounds um, that Alan kind of spoke about, you know, these are guys that we think are going to stay healthy that have just incredibly high upside. And ultimately with running back roulette, you know, the way we've structured our team, um, you know, you do have to get a little lucky, but that's, that's in every best ball draft, right? The things mm-hmm. have to go your way. And in terms of roster construction, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, I think, I do think we'll have a great chance and hopefully we do just get a little bit of lucky with running back. And then I think we'll be right there at the top. Yeah. You know? If the receivers stay healthy and we get the luck with the running back, we'll be in the top three. I feel yeah. pretty confident about that. I, I agree with that. Like, and, and, and I think you do need, um, I, I don't think you need a tight end necessarily a tight end to hit, but I you you probably need some like a, a conglomerate of production from mm-hmm. those tight ends over the course Absolutely. of the season. We need, we need Kelsey, to miss, Kelsey to miss three weeks, get some Noah Gray points. That'd be a window. Andrews, right there. Andrews to miss a couple weeks, get some Isaiah Likely points. You know, and then you got you got Irv Smith, who we you know don't know right. Hayden Hurst was fine last year, and Irv Smith. He's been hurt. We don't know what he could look like in that mm-hmm. offense in Cincinnati. 
And, you know, we already talked about Dawson Knox, right? I, I don't see any, maybe a little bit less playing time, but I, I think we're fine at tight end, honestly. I think, I think Smith and Knox can give us enough, you know, at least until we maybe get the ceiling points from likely and gray. If, if, you know, we get some injury luck with the Kansas city and Ravens guys. Alan, let me pitch this other email to you. This is from Bruce in Detroit. Who's your favorite saints running back to draft this season? Bruce in Detroit. Thank you for watching. Thank you. for It's it's a great question. And the problem that I have with the saints is the Taysom Hill factor, right? When you get in the red zone, you're not who Jamal Williams, Kamara, um, Kendra Miller, right? Mm-hmm. And then Taysom Hill, like, and and so that's the, the problem I have getting behind drafting Saints players. It's not just running backs. It's you know Jawan Johnson. They brought over Foster Moreau from the Raiders. There's all these players, and I, you know, Olave might be the only one, but Michael Thomas is coming back, and if he's healthy, right? I, I just don't know where it's going to be and where it's going to come from. I think if if Alvin Kamara is not on the team week one then you're getting value on Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams, but it doesn't seem like that's right now the case. So for me, I'm kind of out on all of them um, at ADP, given kind of the totality of those factors. Um, the Taysom Hill factor really just, they use him a lot. He's, he scores mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns in the red zone. And I, I don't know. It's a good, if I had to pick one, I'll take um, Kendra Miller because he's the rookie, but that's, that's the only reason why I'd give that Jeff, any, any, comment on that no i don't that's exactly how i feel as well um kendry miller's also the cheapest of the three too uh camara 710 in the ffpc oh, no i beg your pardon this is the fantasy pros championship alvin camara at the 710 jamal williams going at the 1006 kendry miller about a round and a half after that at the 1202 is running back 48 so uh, you know oftentimes when when you don't know on this and, and i think you guys are, are in the majority here you just go with the cheapest guy right just to get a piece of it to see what happens kendry miller would fit the bill if there. They're there if they're all there like, are they just going to take each other out? I, I don't know. So, yeah, and that's another good that's another good point too. Like, you know, maybe the answer is just fade the Saints running backs in general. You know, they do have a a pretty talented quarterback there this year, and Derek Carr. They have Michael Thomas coming back. Chris Olave is obviously super talented. I know there's a lot of people on Rashid Shahid. I like Shahid. Drafts. But yeah. If Thomas is healthy and all these other weapons we're talking about, like it just seems like there's so many mouths to feed. So at ADP, are all of them kind of at their ceilings? That's a question. You know. Right, the audience to consider. Right, exactly. I'm I'm totally with you on that. Farrell, we have time for one more question for the Idlemans tonight. One more question, and I think you ought to recognize Flupe Mester, who is once again in the uh, chat room. You know, somebody joined Kevin over there. But um, guys, um, we'll we'll go we'll we'll go age first, and and then defer to youth quickly. I need a fade and a target, and you cannot use a guy. You cannot use a name we've already come with. I want to know someone that you will not be on any of your fantasy rosters, especially your maiden FFPC main event team. Who you're going to fade and who you're going to target? Yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Alan, and then hit Farrell, us. Up. Farrell, you're not going to like this one, but um, <laughs> Derek Henry. I've been off of him for years, waiting for the age cliff to hit. And I can understand that because. Yeah. 15 to 20 touchdowns is not what you're interested in. I watched you draft the other night and I can understand that, but that's okay. And, and I might, and lose, I my, I I might lose my shirt fading it every year. Right. Yeah. But 
but at some point one year you'll be right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so Derek Henry, you know, we took Tajay Spears, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I do like I was drafting a lot of the Titans receivers before the Hopkins news. Um, now at ADP, I won't take any more of the the um, Titans stuff. I, I we we have I have a lot of Tannehill before the news came out too. Like, but now you know with things going up the board, I won't. I won't bite. You're, you're going to um, be fine. You're going to be fine with your Titans receivers. They're catch more with Hopkins there than they ever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So I, I think I'm, you know, that take on not Henry might bite me, but I'm again, it's an age thing and he's going to, he went up the board too, as a result of all this. So I'm hoping, you know, they, they give Tajay Spears some, some work and they end up realizing maybe he's the more efficient runner. We'll see. Right. And then the, um, and that's a, that's a bold claim because Derrick Henry has been an absolute monster. So I doubt he'll be the more efficient runner unless we get the age cliff that we're hoping for. Um, and then guys that, you know, I, we talked about Jalen Warren, um, you know, Javante Williams was a guy I was taking. So I, I can't say that anymore because of the, of the new news that came out a guy that um, we weren't able to take. I, and I mentioned Justin Herbert. I like him a lot. That offense, you know, with Kellen Moore to the moon, I think same with Lamar and, and, and Monken. Um, a guy that I want to take in drafts that we haven't talked about yet, I guess Deontay Johnson, he didn't score a touchdown last year. Um, and he's a vol- a PPR machine. So, you know, that's a guy I'd love to take in drafts. I, I, um, I'm not high on Pickett, but he had enough volume last year with him. So I'm hopeful that maybe they'll be down enough in games that he'll get enough volume, but he's, he's a stud. He separates at a high level. Um, maybe he'll find the end zone a few more times this year. So I'll go with Deontay Johnson. Okay. My fade, yeah, my fade and target are pretty directly related. I hope you guys will like it. So my fade will be Jordan Addison. Um, obviously haven't seen him in the NFL. I just think ADP compared to who I'm going to now target is KJ Osborne. I think KJ Osborne in that offense. Now he's got Thielen out of the way. He is a true number two. And I mean, you've got a couple rounds of space before you can grab KJ Osborne where Addison's got this rookie factor, this first round pick, you know, hype around him. And I'm sure he'll be a great player. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm just thinking ADP wise, right. I can get someone who's been in the offense, someone who's been with Kirk um, now who doesn't have that number two in Thielen anymore to kind of taking his place though, where maybe KJ Osborne can take that spot um, as opposed to a Jordan Addison. So yeah. it is, it's a little bit of a gamble. Um, I just think looking at ADP and just looking at, you know, we don't know what we don't know with Jordan Addison. And I think, KJ Osborne has seen plenty of snap share um, in Minnesota, and I think that'll only go up with Thielen gone. So that's kind of what I'm doing in drafts, and you know, could be completely wrong, but just two kind of related fade and target right there. Uh, that what about uh, you guys? Round. Do you guys have anyone? Uh, I, yeah, you know, I, I guess, it, it, like, for me, and I'll, I'll I'll go first in this. Fair, I'll let you weigh in. Um, but like for me, I never really. I never really eliminate anybody off my board. And at the same time, I'm more of a, I subscribe to the theory of letting the draft come to you. Right. Um, So there's a lot of players that I don't necessarily like at their current ADPs, but if they fall, yeah, I'm on board with it. Um, I'll tell you one guy I do like, and perhaps I'm wearing my uh, green and gold colored glasses right now, but I continue to like Aaron Jones, uh, a guy that is going in the mid fourth round, a player. I think that Jordan love is going to lean on quite a bit a player that set a career high in receiving yards and and receptions last year, and a guy who maybe didn't get the touchdowns last year, but we know those are fluky. I'm not a big A.J. Dillon guy. Um, I think Aaron Jones is a huge meal ticket in this offense, so I love Aaron Jones in the mid-fourth. That's probably the the guy I would be targeting, and I have 
got him in, in a bunch of drafts this year. I don't know if I necessarily have a fade, guys. Um, I, I, I think um, Jameer Gibbs, to me, on the surface, should be a fade, but I think you're still getting a discount on him right now because I think he's going to go up like another round or so. So so I think while, while I'm a little bit nervous to draft him, I think if, if you like Gibbs, now's the time to get him. Farrell, what do you think? I uh that that's that's good assessment. I really like the way you guys handle each and, and you know Kevin Williams suggests you guys should be attorneys. He said Lawler, Lawler, Lawler. Yeah, okay. Well, and and Kevin, you know, he would hire someone that should be an attorney. Remind him, he wouldn't hire an attorney. Never. I am fading likely Knox, Noah Gray, and a double fade on Irv Smith. And I am praying that you guys will change your tight end strategy and get one sure targeted tight end in your FFPC draft. And it, it's a different format, and I'm sure you will. But those are the guys I am fading. But I, I love the way you sold yourself on it. I, I think that's what's brilliant. And I, I love all those guys with the exception of Irv Smith. As a third tight end, what you're saying is legitimate there. I just don't think you have enough at the position to win. And when Dawson Knox catches 85 passes, I'll be the first one to say, those brothers are geniuses. All right, congratulations. We appreciate it. No, we'll definitely take that advice under consideration for our next draft. We, that is for sure. You guys yeah, had the- I guess for the main event coming up, right? Right, exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. And 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 um, you guys had the four pick in pros versus Joe's. You will find out where you're drafting in the main event coming up on Monday when we make that early draft slot announcement. You can start plotting your way uh, to success. The Jeff's point right now: six rounds of ADP separate Jordan Addison and uh, KJ Osborne. Addison going in the um, in the, in the uh, six. I think it was a six round. If, if I remember correctly, I gotta I gotta look at it again because now I'm nervous. I might be getting this wrong. But if if you look at Jordan Addison right now, he is going in the eighth round. KJ Osborne the fourteenth. That's what it is. So six rounds separating them there, and only seventeen weeks and a draft separate the Eidelman brothers from cashing a one million dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event. Gentlemen, thank you so much for carving out a little time on this Friday night to discuss your pros versus Joe's draft. Congratulations, a very successful outing in that, and good luck not only in the main event but all your leagues this year, guys. Thank you so much. The HSFFR is indebted to you. Good luck this season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Great time. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. That is uh, Jeff and Alan Eidelman uh, hanging out tonight with us on the HSFF Hour. So glad to talk with those guys. They drafted from the four spot uh, on Monday night in the Pros versus Joe's number two draft. They'll be drafting in the FFPC main event as well this year. Uh, very, very fun to talk with them. Farrell, I have to bring this up. Um, when we look at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, we are looking at the main event slows. Uh, and, and obviously the main event lives too. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Louisville, which is, it's going to be a great time. Just got my flight booked to Louisville. Can't wait for that. But if we look at the KFFSC main event, there is a slow draft that is getting ready to fill. And you can register for that at uh, KFFSC.com. I'm going to jump in that one. So you can literally really? draft against Balky. Absolutely. Fantastic. As we, we gun, I'm, I'm still trying to cash that 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 main event grand prize in KFFSC, and I can't wait to try it again this year. So make sure you're registering at KFFSC.com. What else should we know about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship this year? It's, the thing you have to know is we're 30 days away, Balky. It's time for you to get that airline situation straightened out. Yes. You, yeah. you did? You said hey, you it's did. all done. It's all good. Oh, is good. fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we would we would love to have you. 
uh, anyone would want to come down and hang out with Balky and draft against him. Uh, we are drafting live uh, August 20th in Cincinnati at the Hard Rock Casino in Caesar, Southern Indiana. We have three great live dates, 25th, 26th, and 27th. We've got a good online league, so we uh, – both slow and fast drafts. Uh, but yeah, Balky, I think you have, uh, I think the blaring headline that is such a great thing of beauty is that you, sir, are playing in, in the slow draft that is coming up uh, as soon as it fills. So thank you for joining. And uh, I'm, I imagine that will be a catalyst for others to join mm-hmm. you and get a taste of Kentucky. And I tell you what, the guys that we just had on, they should enjoy that, that slow draft because you know what? You must start three wide receivers, so it's made for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and 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 it's it's always enjoyable too because as much as I like to say the FFPC, you can form your team any which way you want: two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and two flexes. Man, Kentucky, I have gone hog wild in in forming. I've gone zero RB. I've gone robust RB. I've loaded up on on the receivers and the tight ends. Like it's crazy how many different ways I've. I've uh, drafted there. It's always so much fun. Can't wait to do it again in Louisville. We will follow all the updates, kffsc.com. Farrell, thank you so much, man. We will talk with you again on Sunday night for Pros versus Joes, number four. Very good, Balky. Thank you. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football joining us tonight. I want to thank Jeff and Alan Eidelman. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, We return on Sunday night for Pros versus Joes number four, just to give you a taste of what's going on in in that draft. I think I have it up here. Yeah. So number four, you're going to have the um, uh, Joes consist of some former guests of the show. Danny Mueller, Gary Kerr is going to be in that draft, and then some new guys. Tyler Holder, Jason Barr, Joe Jackson, Gary Knight, Brian Covert are all going to make up the FFPC Joes. The pros, this is going to be a tough league. John Paulson from 4 for 4, Doug Orth uh, from fftoday.com, Mauricio Gutierrez from Estadio Fantasy. Uh, He is going to be drafting Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell from Rotoviz and Dynasty League Football, respectively. And then you get the trio of Dan Williamson, Theo Greminger, and John Daniel from the GOAT District. They're going to be drafting. And, of course, our good buddy Jim Coventry from RotoWire is also going to be in that draft. That starts at 7 o'clock. I beg your pardon. That starts at 8 o'clock, 7 Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday night. We will see you there for that. This show will return. We're going to have a double dose of high-stakes fantasy football hours this coming week. We're going to have one on Thursday with myself and Dave Terpoli. We're going to be covering a live fantasy pros draft that night um, uh, at uh, 10-9 Central. You can register for that league. I'm going to give you the the league number right now. Uh, Terp will be in that draft. You can actually draft against him. It's going to be league number 54072. Register for that now at Fantasy Pros or at myffpc.com and the Fantasy Pros Championship. And then back to back nights. Friday, we're going to do another one live on high stakes on the high stakes fantasy football hour. More draft coverage. It's league number 54076. Uh, you can register for that right now. We will cover that draft right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can, in case you missed yesterday's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, check out uh, the the, uh, the the replay on any of the BSN or FFPC social channels. Mark Garcia from One Week Season, the 33rd team and player profiler, uh, was my guest. We had a lot of fun talking fantasy football, uh, talking a lot of game theory with him as well, a guy who is an expert in game theory. If that trips your trigger, you're going to love last night's episode. We will be back at 7, 6 Central 
uh, on Thursday night with more BSN High Stakes Fantasy Football Show uh, with myself and another special guest. Million dollar grand prize is available in the Fantasy Pros Championship. The bad news is the midnight draft already filled tonight. The good news is we opened another midnight draft. You can sign up for that right now, myffpc.com. Take your shot at a million dollar grand prize. You can also win a million bucks in the FFPC main event. Uh, for those of you who hit the early draft slot deadline, you're going to have those early draft slots on Monday. You'll figure out where you're drafting. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with everybody. Uh, it's like just like Coke. You want to share the FFPC High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with the world. I would encourage you to do that as well. Get notified, hit that bell. Every time we go live, you will know uh, when we are coming live with more draft coverage or another great guest or a couple of great guests like you have with the Eidelmans tonight. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk with you Sunday night at 7, 6 Central for a uh, bigger part at 8, 7 Central for more pros versus Joe's uh, coverage. Uh, we will see you then, everybody. Thanks for watching. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I am indeed commissioning the heist, uh, the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship draft at midnight tonight. So if you're in that, I will see you there. And if you want to sign up for draft number 59249, I'm commissioning that one as well. Uh, can't wait to see the drafts tonight. Looking forward to it. They start in about 46 minutes, so there's still time to sign up for it at myffpc.com. Remember, your chance to win two separate million-dollar grand prizes. FFPC has been around for 16 years. We've never done this before. Take advantage of it right now, and maybe that seven-figure grand prize could be yours with the team you draft tonight. Thanks for watching, everybody. We will talk with you on Sunday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.